Welcome to the Agent Success Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Caruso, and this is episode number four, brought to you by Real Estate Advisors, Inc., where it's our goal to help double or triple our agent's income with our marketing strategies. And it's my goal with this podcast to help you achieve your financial goals wherever you are. This is a continuation of my review of all the different prospecting or lead generation techniques. One by one, I'm giving you my take, my personal opinion on them, and my personal advice based on my experience with them. For the prospecting techniques that I personally have not done, through others' experience, I'm giving you their take on them. I'll also be interviewing those experts as well, as I've mentioned before. If you've listened to the past couple of episodes, you know that by now I favor some techniques over others. And I don't want to come off as someone who thinks that just because I prefer my ways of prospecting, that they're the only way or the right way of prospecting. I personally don't enjoy doing open houses, cold calling, or door knocking. Doesn't mean that they're not effective. Realistically, if someone is looking for instant results or more results, open houses, cold calling, and door knocking are way more effective than when you compare it to the speed of the results that I get. There are agents kicking my ass at sales who do the exact same things that I don't do. This all depends, of course, on the individual. Remember that we're all different, different types of personalities. We think different from each other, and there are different people who get a thrill. That's probably the best way I can describe it from the hunt of that feeling of winning or getting someone to a yes. I'll admit that when I'm working on a deal and you hear that yes, it feels great, especially if I've been working on it for a while. The type of person that gets a thrill from turning that no into a yes is the type of people I'm talking about, and that's not me at all. I also feel that this hunter type of personality or trait can be learned. Salespeople are not born, they're bred. Through education and practice, anyone can learn how to hunt. How to go after the sale, go after that signature or the yes, as long as they enjoy it, because if you're like me, I don't like fighting through the no's to get through the yeses. I never got to the point where I had to learn how to cold call or door knock and do business in that way. As soon as I learned the skill of enticing people to call me, compel them, or attract them to me with marketing, I was hooked. I have to admit, being the introvert that I am, I was relieved to learn that I didn't have to be more aggressive to get more sales. So if you're like me and you don't have the hunter inside of you, the good news, you don't have to change who you are to be successful. Maybe you've been told you need to be uncomfortable in order to get better at something. It doesn't always have to be that way. It's not necessary for you to learn how to be more aggressive to get sales. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't take work. I had to work hard and continue to work my ass off. These are skills that you need to learn, but you don't need to do some of the things that are uncomfortable. The one thing that I love about the type of marketing that I do is that there's never any stress to try and convince people. Learning scripts to handle objections and learning the skills to get people to sign on the dotted line. You know what? For the last 10 years... I have never done a listing presentation. Not in the way most people have been taught anyway. No flip charts, no PowerPoint presentation, or any type of canned or rehearsed presentation. I have a system or a format that I follow, but it's not in the way that most trainers or coaches have taught. I've seen coaches out there luring agents with their top secret listing presentation to get more coaching clients. My advice? They're worthless. I can hear you questioning me right now, but Rob, I'm brand new or I don't have a business like you have. You're absolutely right. However, if you follow a systematized way of lead generation that positions you to be the only choice or the logical choice in the seller's mind, if you follow step one, step two, step three, and so on, the seller, as I've said before, will be calling you to come to list their home for sale, not a listing presentation. 
The best way I can describe this is if you've been around for a while and worked with a buyer who was upsizing or downsizing or whatever, you helped them buy their home. When it came to selling their home, did you have to do a listing presentation or did you just show up with a few comps, listing paperwork, and get everything signed? Okay, now imagine that, but a person you don't know. One form of prospecting, however, is not better than the other. They're just different skill sets. I just happen to come across a way to get people to chase after me rather than me chasing after them. It all depends on what type of person you are. I'll be diving deeper into the personality types because this is very important to know. I'd go as far to say that if you could figure out what type of personality you are, not only will your business life get easier, but even your personal life will improve once you know how personality profiles work. I'd like to get back to the instant results or quick results methods for a little bit as I get this question all the time, especially from newer agents looking for sales as quickly as possible. If you're on a limited budget, this is exactly what I would suggest. Okay, so you're either brand new or even if you've been licensed for a while and you find it hard to get sales, no database, no past clients, obviously no online presence and starting from scratch. Here's exactly what I'd do right now. If there's little to no budget, remember what I suggested in the last episode to combine the open house with door knocking and a flyer in hand? Let's look at the power of the numbers on this. Two open houses a weekend, 200 homes with flyers to welcome them to an open house or a free report. That's 10,000 flyers a year. The magic element to this is that these flyers are getting into the hands of people that are at least interested in knowing more about that house that just got listed for sale. Since they're right in the same area, they're probably at least curious about the price. The amount of flyers when laser focused have a way bigger response rate than sending random flyers. And when you add door knocking face to face, this is very powerful. Over the course of a year, if 100 of them were thinking of moving in two months, six months, one year, or even two years from now, and you did the proper connecting with them, over time, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to get at least 10 sales from this. The cost to print 10,000 flyers would be about 1,000 bucks over a year, with no cost to deliver them. There would be some cost in follow-up with regular mail each month. Let's go high and say with the flyers in a monthly mailing, over the course of a couple of years, it would cost you about $5,000. Would $5,000 be worth 10 deals? If these were about $10,000 in commissions each, which I know is very low these days, is it worth it? Absolutely 1,000% it is. I would spend $5,000 every day if I knew it would pay me back $100,000. Bottom line, those agents who put in the work, real work, are the ones that produce. So what's next? I just gave you the golden ticket on how to make $100,000 in sales. Will you do it? Will you put in the effort? If you have more questions, send me an email and I'll be happy to share the details with you on a strategy session. Email me at robert at agentsuccesspodcast.com. Now, what if you're like me and dread the thought of door knocking? You could deliver the flyers without the door knocking part and still invite them to the open house, of course. The key here is the content on the flyer to get as many people to your landing page and to the open house so you can connect with them. Next, I want to talk about the listings and the opportunities that agents don't consider for a minute. There is a huge amount of spin-off sales from those 10 sales. Did you ever think about how many deals you can get from just one listing? There's the actual sale of the one listing. You can get a buyer yourself for that listing. You can get a buyer for another home from that listing. You can get another listing from that listing. And of course, that listing may be a buyer for another home. So you have up to five potential sales from one listing. If you did this right, there's huge potential from just one listing if you did the activities to increase your chances. What usually happens when an agent gets a listing? They're focused on getting that listing sold. Imagine it from now on, anytime you get a listing, you focus on the five ways of getting more deals. 
What if you spent your time and energy on ways to get more deals from the listings you have? How different would your life be if you just got two or even three more sales from every listing? At $10,000 a sale, again low, if you were able to get 20,000 or 30,000 on top of that listing, so now every listing was worth 30 to $40,000 from now on, wouldn't this be more exciting than just focusing on selling that one listing? We have programs in place right now that can help you increase your sales from every listing you get. If you'd like to sit down and let me show you how we do it, send me an email, robert at agentsuccesspodcast.com, and we can set up a time to have a strategy session. Okay, the final three prospecting strategies I'll be talking today are bus stop signs, billboards, and referrals. I sincerely hope that agents who buy bus stop signs, you know the ones that have now become trash can signs, would buy them only for the intent of brand awareness. Because if they pay $300 or whatever it is per month and think that someone driving or walking by them would call them to come over and list their home or to help them buy a home, they're dreaming. If you have one of these signs and I just offended you, I'm sorry, it's just my opinion. If you do have them and can 100% verify that the sign yielded sales, please prove me wrong and send me an email. If you look at most of them, you'll see the predictable agent picture, maybe a slogan that has no value for the person reading it, their contact info, blah, blah, blah. Then you have, surprise, surprise, free market analysis or the bait and switch, your home sold or I'll buy it. Then you'll get the mega agents who buy 50 or 100 of them and plaster them all over the place. I seen one that bought a bunch in one area with the slogan of being the top agent in an area that's not even in the same city. <laughs> Unbelievable. What's the problem with almost all of them? There's little to no call to action on them. And there's no real value for the public. And the bait and switch call to action signs, do you really think that people fall for that these days? Even if I were able to help write the copy and try to compel people to take action on them, I would still not waste my money on them. Awareness, okay, if you believe that constantly seeing your name over and over helps, maybe. I would say if it were the same agent that sent flyers every month in the same area, we talked about this. They can catch that family that is ready to list and guess what? Now they're competing. They're bringing over their PowerPoint. I don't know about you, but I would rather go on less but guaranteed listing appointments than a lot of presentations with like a 50-50% chance of possibly getting a listing at all. And then you have the visibility issue. Who's even looking at them? In this day and age, people don't pay attention to them. If they're driving, they're not paying attention. Passengers are on their phones. Nobody's looking at them anyway. And for the tiny percentage that might pay attention, is it worth the money? I can think of way better ways to spend the money. Now, billboards fall into the exact same category as bus stop signs. They're more expensive, and all the same things I just mentioned above apply. Even though in comparison, they've actually come down in price over the years because they don't really work and people don't pay attention to them, they're still not worth the money. Okay, referrals. Referrals are defined when someone you know sends you a client. Could be from a friend, a family member, or a past client. It could even be from someone who knows you and never even used your services. Have you ever wondered why someone refers somebody else and what goes through their minds? Before I talk about that, if you look at it from an agent point of view, they expect referrals automatically from people they know. As agents, we know how damn hard it is to get new clients, and it's even possible that we think that people we know actually should know that they're supposed to refer us clients without even having to ask for them. 
Truth is, people don't know they're supposed to refer as clients, not automatically anyway, unless of course you took that coaching program, and I won't name it by name, but you may have heard the end-all be-all of instantly getting referrals. They end every communication with, by the way, if you know anybody looking to buy or sell, give them my number or something like that. If you've ever tried that line, and I have to admit in the past I used to as well long ago, the first words out of whoever you were talking to was, oh yeah, I tell everyone about you. There's nothing wrong with asking for referrals. There is something terribly wrong, however, with asking them over and over again. Very wrong. Especially if you say the same thing over and over to them. That same coaching program also suggests that you visit your contacts every month. They call it a pop-by or whatever, where you pass by, you give them a small gift, usually a cheesy gift. I just googled pop-by gifts and the first stupid one I saw was a bottle of aloe vera and they attached a card with the tagline, remember, I'll, I'll always be there for your referrals. See what I mean? Terrible. Anyway, it's not the visit, not the little gift that makes this a bad idea. Month one, it's cute. Month two, still cute. But as it continues month after month, I can see it becoming a little creepy, especially if at the end of every visit, you say the exact same thing. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's only one way to do something. And I'm in no way telling you that my way is the best way. I'm merely reviewing ideas here and hopefully in a condensed way that, that puts it in one complete package for you. I will say that everything you do has to be done in moderation. And don't ever become that creepy agent to people, especially to your past clients. Okay, so what if you took every referral moment, so to speak, and you were able to ask without actually sounding like an agent that we call commission breath? If you were in a conversation with a friend, past client, or whoever mentions that they have a friend who's looking to sell, then absolutely yes, ask them for their number and give them a call. There's nothing wrong with taking an opportunity to help someone when it happens like that. I just think it's wrong to end every conversation with a don't forget about me when you hear somebody who's buying or selling because it literally sounds like you're a desperate salesperson to people. Another opportunity might be that you're talking to someone who again mentions a potential client and taking the opportunity to say something like this. Not sure if your friend or whoever has an agent, but I'd be happy to give them a second opinion. If they're not committed to anyone yet, do me a favor and give them a call for me. And now this will depend on the many different circumstances from the person you're talking to and how well you know them. If you're talking to a really good friend, tell them to take out their cell phone and call them right now. Past client, you may want to ask them that they give them a call when they have a chance. It'll all depend on who you're talking to and how well you know them. The point is this, take the opportunity to ask, but treat every situation unique to who it is that you're talking to. There is another way to help you orchestrate referrals so you don't even need to ask for them. Everyone knows 100 to 150 people or more in and out of real estate. If you know someone by name and they know you, these are people that might refer you. Not everyone is open to refer you, however. Out of 100 people, you may have 5 Raven fans that would refer you every opportunity they can get. Maybe 20 or 30 or so would never refer you, and it's not because of you, it's just not in their DNA. The largest percentage of that list are the ones that if they had the opportunity to do so, in other words, if they remembered to refer you while having a conversation with someone, they probably would. The absolute best way to help people remember to refer you is by letting them know that you're available to help if they know anyone. The only way that doesn't make you sound like a sleazy salesperson is by always asking with a newsletter. 
A monthly newsletter is sent out to them by mail, not email, actually to their physical mailbox. If you already send a newsletter from a newsletter service with a one-size-fits-all type of newsletter with market stats, some short stories or articles that may or may not have anything to do with real estate, new listings, sold listings, maybe a small puzzle or something like that, it's okay, but it's really not that effective. Being in their face monthly with your picture and proof that you're still an agent, all good, but it does little to compel people to refer you. Even if one, two, or three small articles are about how you're able to help their friends and family, it's really not as effective as it can be. Out of that same hundred people, how many would take your newsletter, put it off to the side, take one evening to curl up and read all of it? I'd like to say about five or ten, but the real number is more like zero. People are too busy to read four or six pages of a newsletter. It takes too long to read, and by the first or second article, their phone notifications are usually going off and their attention is not on your newsletter anymore. The solution? A simple front and back postcard-sized newsletter with interesting and short content on one side with real estate-specific content formatted and expressed in a way that helps people not only know that you're in real estate, but is strategically written to get that light bulb to go off in their minds when it's necessary. The repetitive don't forget about me tagline becomes old very fast if it's used all the time. However, if you were to give a new and fresh so-called tagline every month, a unique message that not only says that you're in real estate, but it also gets the wheels in people's minds working when they're in a daily conversation with people and the topic of real estate comes up. The program we have access to, again, is not the end-all and be-all solutions to create referrals. If followed, you'll be able to continuously ask for referrals month in, month out, without being repetitive and, quite frankly, a pest to anyone. Doing many things here and there will get you referrals. First and foremost, however, the biggest reason why people refer anyone is because you've gone over the top for people, gave them the best possible service and more important memorable service they refer you because they know you won't screw their friend or family member over one more note about referrals back to the psychology of why people refer a product or service to anyone to begin with the referral is not about the product or service being referred at all think about this for a second remember the last time you told somebody about a movie or a restaurant the actual movie or restaurant wasn't why you recommended them to anyone at all As humans, we have this innate desire to be a hero for a lack of better word. Deep down, we have a great feeling when you tell anyone about a product or service. Let's say you recommend a movie to someone and a week or so later you run into them and ask, so what did you think about the movie? They may tell you they loved it. If they tell you they loved it, it actually gives you more satisfaction than it did to them. You're the hero because you told them that they'd love it. And they did. The automatic response from you is, I told you that you'd love it, and it makes you feel great to be that person who gives great advice to people you care about. Nothing feels better than being the one who has insider information. On that note, this has been a lot of fun for me to share my thoughts on all the different ways of prospecting for business. I know there's more than what I covered in the past few podcasts, and I'm happy to give you my thoughts on any others I didn't cover here. If you want to send me an email, and I'll talk about anything you want in future episodes. In the next few episodes, I'll finally have other people on the show with me, and we'll talk about their specialties and dive deeper into their prospecting styles. We're also here to help. If you're looking to double or triple your income, maybe you're a newer agent and don't know what direction to take, or you're a seasoned agent and the changing market has been a challenge to say the least, send me an email, robert at Agent Success Podcast, or visit agentsuccessstrategysession.com. And we can set a strategy session to talk more about where you are and where you want to go with your business. Talk to you next week.